On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got to have Emma Borokov from 8Fig on the podcast. We had such a good conversation all around supply chain management. We talked about inventory management. We talked about uh, you know what makes a good partner uh, in financing your inventory, some of the things to look out for, some of the things uh, that you want to actually look for uh, in a partner. Uh, if you guys are having any sort of cash flow issues this year, you are definitely going to want to listen to this one. If you are a mid seven figure brand and above, listen up. Are you struggling with ads this year? Uh, how about growth in general? What about profitability? Supply chain issues got you down? You are not alone. As a brand owner myself, I totally get this. iOS 14 has ravaged many smaller brands. The good news, our clients at Upgrowth and the brands that we own have not been touched. Don't get me wrong. We had to fight to figure out how to advertise effectively in a post-surveillance ad world, but we learned some incredible lessons along the way, and we want to share some of those lessons with you. So go to www.upgrowthcommerce.com grow to apply for a free growth plan today so we can show you what is working in a post-iOS 14.5 world. Again, that is www.upgrowthcommerce.com grow. Now, on to today's episode. Hey guys, have you tried 8Fig? No, don't worry, I'm not talking about that new fad diet. I'm talking about 8Fig, the planning and funding platform. 8Fig partners with experienced e-commerce sellers to help you scale with planning tools and incremental funds. So how exactly does 8Fig work? Well, to start, 8Fig works with you to understand your business plan and to focus on what's already working in your business. Then you put together your costs and the inventory that you're going to need, and 8Fig optimizes your cash flow to fit your unique supply chain needs for the next six months and beyond. Once you've signed on to the growth plan, you're going to get the funds that you need when you need them according to your plan. What's especially great is that you don't have to start paying the cost of capital until after you've started to sell that inventory that 8Fig is funded. This gives you breathing room for your cash flow. In addition, the plan is flexible, so you can change it as you go. Sell or more or less than you expected? Don't worry about it. You can revise your plan. Your shipment is delayed or your inventory is ruined, they'll work with you on it so that you can adapt as you go, keeping your business stable and sales thriving. On average, 8Fig sellers experience 2x growth in their first year, all while stabilizing their cash flow, avoiding stockouts, and taking control of their supply chain. You already know that you're an 8-figure seller in the making. You just need an experienced and strategic partner to help you scale with confidence. So learn more at 8fig.co. That's the number 8fig.co. And make sure to mention Upgrowth during sign-up for 5% off the cost of capital of an 8-fig growth plan. Now, on to today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of Secrets to Scaling, your e-commerce brand. Today, I am joined by Emma Borkoff from 8Fig. Emma, welcome to Secrets to Scaling, your e-commerce brand. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm uh, really looking forward to, to getting into this conversation. We're going to be talking about all sorts of stuff today, guys. We're going to be talking about inventory management, supply chain management, uh, cash flow management, all of those things. Uh, Emma is an absolute wealth of knowledge when it comes to that. Uh, so if any of you have had inventory management issues this year, you probably want to stick on and that's going to be all of you and telling all of your friends because I think we've all had inventory management issues over the last couple of years, whether it's on the the not enough inventory, which was, you know, 2020 to, oh, we've overordered. Oh no. Oh no. What are we going to do? 
<laughs> um, I'm sure some of us are in that in that position as well. So, uh, Emma, for people who don't know anything about you, tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure thing. So I am head of marketing here at 8Fig. Um, my, uh, historically I've been in, yeah, like B2B tech marketing, um, live it, love it. Um, so really enjoying being in the e-commerce world. Um, and yeah, I'm based in, in Austin. So tacos, you know? Cool. Cool. That's great. And what, what exactly do you guys do at 8Fig? Walk me through what, where you guys sort of sit in the market and how you actually help. Yeah. So AFIG, what's what's kind of unique about us is that we actually have a platform um, for planning. So we have a tool where sellers can sit down and really take the time to build out like what are the batches of inventory you need? What are those costs associated with that? Looking at that over the course of like six to 12 months and then really pinpointing the areas where you're going to be experiencing um, kind of like the most cash flow crunch. Like where do you where are you going to be lacking the money the most where you need that money to upfront for inventory and other costs like that? Um, and then we kind of, we fund you at those moments. So we uh, give you the funds that you need uh, when you need them, what you need <laughs> according to the plan. Um, so what's great is that it's incremental. So um, instead of getting a, a lump sum and kind of having to deal with, you know, paying that out and kind of working with that, you just get the funds that you need. And what's really great is that it's flexible. So you built this plan. Okay, great. You know, six to 12 months, things are going to change. They always do. Whether you're selling more or you're selling less, maybe yeah. it means, um, you know, your inventory is delayed. You can, you can take more money, less money, push payments back. Like all of that is really, we built it to really align with the supply chain so that, you know, we know that nothing ever goes to plan. So the best you can do is is create a plan and then just update it and um, keep it aligned with reality. Totally, totally. I'm thinking about this, like this sort of idea of like, yeah, you know, nothing really ever does go to plan. Does that mean that we shouldn't plan? Absolutely not. Like I think having that sort of, that uh, that sort of growth plan mindset is so ridiculously important when it comes to running uh, econ businesses. We're doing that in the, in the econ businesses that we own all the time, right? Just consistently updating, you know, cash flow forecasts and inventory forecasts and all of that kind of stuff. And have we made mistakes? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Have we recovered? In the process, in the process of recovering from some of those mistakes. But uh, let's let's talk through some of the biggest mistakes that you see with inventory forecasting and inventory management with companies. Yeah. So, I mean, one of them already you kind of touched on is just not having a plan in the first place. Um, it's, it's obviously a lot easier to update things like once you've already created a plan. And then what's also great about recording that is that you can learn, <laughs> you can learn from those mistakes. So if, um, you know, you're seeing that maybe in 2020 or before 2020, you have usually your shipments were like two months and now it consistently they're averaging between three and five months. You can build that into your plan. I think people, um, under order, under ordering is still, um, very common and, and, not anticipating that the length of time is just going to be longer to get your inventory. Um, another thing we see in terms of like generally the supply chain is just not having um, multiple vendors and not kind of building out that flexibility in the supply chain um, or even having like vendors who kind of fill the same need. So I think making sure that you have vendors that, for instance, um, some some might be cheaper, but they'll be longer to get 
you know, what your goods in the warehouse. Um, and, and some might be like higher quality, but it would be cheaper and get and be faster to get your goods in or like high quality, but it would take longer. You know, there's always kind of that trade-off of you're not necessarily going to tick all the boxes with every single supply chain vendor. So making sure that you have those different options available and can kind of source those that you need. Mm, yeah. Yeah, totally. I hear you. Uh, one interesting thing that we're looking into quite a bit in all of our businesses right now is trying to uh, trying to get out of not not necessarily completely get out of China, but but have our hat in different places just in case. Um, are you guys recommending that with people right now to diversify in in areas of manufacturing? Yeah, like definitely the more that you can kind of globalize your supply chain and be kind of in touch with the different, you know, how the ports are being affected, um, that sort of thing. Like, like the more you know and the more you kind of stay abreast about that information, the faster you can react and the faster you can kind of activate those different areas of your supply chain. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's talk about container uh, shipping container prices, uh, and I'd love for you to look in your crystal ball. So, you know, we were at like twenty grand around this time last year uh, for a container, which was just astronomical, right? Like the costs that we were seeing were crazy. Um, I've seen some quotes recently as low as like two thousand. Are is this? Are we back to normal now? So, I actually the costs are still higher than they were like 2019. Like it feels like they're amazing, but I think on average like it's still still higher. So, I think we're just, you know, it's all perspective is like, oh, this feels like a great spot. Um, I think a lot of it is also due to the slow in um, demand just because of, yeah, like the impending recession and inflation. So the original, you know, everyone was spending all those extra dollars and now they're trying to tighten up. So now, um, you know, demand is dropping. So those prices are dropping. I think they can still drop further. I don't know. I don't necessarily think things will like ever be like back to normal, but I I do think they could go, they could dip a bit lower, but then at the same time, like I think we've seen everything kind of have a yo-yo effect. So, you know, we'll see. <laughs> Enjoy yeah. it while you can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Kind of off topic, but a little bit what, what you were talking about there, like just the macroeconomics of what's going on right now. How long are we going to stay on the brink of recession? Like every, every single, you know, as far as like Canada and the US is concerned, can, actually Canada is not technically in a recession. Um, and the U.S. is right. Like, how long are we gonna <laughs> are we gonna talk about it like that from a macro level? Because like we can all see like from from a micro level. You know, I run a, a mastermind with about forty uh, ecom vendors in there. And if and if I was to make it, I know forty isn't enough quite for for a statistic. But if I was to look at that micro level, every single one of the people in my mastermind is down. If they're if they're down around ten percent this year, they're they're super super happy. And these are, you know, businesses anywhere from ten to hundred million dollar businesses, right? So, um, you know, what does that look like, and what are you guys seeing? Because you have you know access to a ton of data. Are you seeing similar numbers out there? Yeah, I mean, we are definitely seeing that you know across the board, most people are down in terms of selling. Um, Q4 is still you know the big quarter for everyone, so we do have a lot, a lot of sellers who are still kind of ramping up, um, expecting not really expecting like a, a massive cut on on those sales though. So um, I don't know. It really it really depends. Like I think most people are down and and are being a bit more um, like careful with 
um, the amount that they're ordering, that sort of thing. But at the same time, I think like most of our sellers have really, really ramped up for the quarter um, and ordered a lot of inventory just since like they also kind of need the Q4 payoff to be also kind of like help make up for some of those, you know, lower numbers as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, I think that, it, you know, inter- interesting time because as much as like you definitely should be careful, I think there are also like interesting risks that you can take now. Like for instance, like sometimes when, you know, when when things are down, the first thing to go is like ad spend. Like you're going to cut your ad spend, you're going to cut your marketing, you know, anything where you're feels loosey-goosey, you're going to like cut it. Um, so now like could also be an interesting time to experiment with like maybe some like bold advertising, like because like, everyone else is kind of pulling back. So, um, you know, totally. it's, it really is it's different for everyone. But I think that, you know, there are some ways that you can kind of still um, get noticed, especially while everyone's kind of like tucking things away. But yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, this is the time, right? Like we talked about this at the beginning of 2020 before we realized that 2020 was the opposite of of what we thought it was going to be, right? I remember the first like two weeks of of getting into the pandemic and we're like, okay, this is how you brace for a recession. This is the things you need to do. Don't hold back on your ad spend. Don't do this, right? And that ended up actually being the opposite in e-com, right? We ended up having the most incredible couple of years uh, and really boosted e-com into what it is now. Um, and, you know, obviously a lot of physical sellers didn't see that. They they saw the opposite. But we're kind of in that that phase right now where we need to figure out like, what is it okay to cut, right? Um, mm-hmm. Is it okay to potentially cut on the fulfillment side um, and and maybe have, like if you have internal fulfillment, maybe maybe cut a staff there to add somebody on the marketing side or on the sales side, right? Like I really believe that it's about just needing to, um, to, to thrive in the next couple of years. You need to survive this, mm-hmm. this year, right? This year coming up. Um, Q4 going into probably Q3 or 4 next year in, in, in my crystal ball. And I mean, what's that, right? But <laughs> that's kind of where, yeah. where, where we're looking. Emma, what else, what else are you seeing out there right now as far as some macro trends? Yeah, I mean, well, kind of, kind of still on the note of, you know, what to what to focus on moving forward, like where you can cut. Like one thing that like we see sellers have a lot of success with is, I mean, it, it seems pretty straightforward, but just really doubling down on like your hero products. Um you know, maybe now is not the time to launch a new product. I think like where experimentation is good is with, you know, some of the advertising, but I say like really kind of focus on those things that have been consistently selling anyways, like double down, like get that inventory in. Um, I'm trying to think in terms of other macro trends, like I have seen it, um, like maybe specifically for like Amazon sellers, which is, I guess, this, I don't know, it's like not necessarily a macro trend, but maybe just a trend is um, the understanding yeah. that of the importance of focusing on brand outside of um, platforms. Like that was something that we were at um, Amazon Accelerate and selling scale like earlier this year, like last month, whenever that was. Um, and it was something like... Yeah the understanding that like you cannot be owned by just the platform you're on. Like even as a Amazon seller, like, okay, that's part of the appeal is to not need to have a brand, but the importance of like owning your audience, being on multiple channels, using social as, you know, a free 
organic tool using like user generated content to, you know, promote yourself, grow your brand so that you can own that audience um, and not just be kind of beholden to the platform that you're selling on. Even if you are only selling in one place, um, I think that that's something that's kind of like been a massive shift that we've seen and, you know, hundred percent agree with the importance of um, looking to, and those like they're free channels, you know, so you can, you know, things totally. like TikTok, it's like made for throwing shit at the wall. Like you're literally supposed to just kind of stumble That's- around and, <laughs> you know, and hope something picks up. So, um, you know, not not necessarily a macro trend, but I think just like a, a large trend that we've been seeing for sellers. And I think like Shopify sellers and like DTC, like, you know, they they definitely like get that already. But um, yeah, I think just something to, to further double down on, especially if you're not really trying to not spend like that's a great way to just kind of keep pumping stuff out without having to um invest dollars yeah yeah uh, absolutely and you know for the most part the people who are listening to this uh, podcast have already built substantial brands off of amazon and guys this is the big opportunity this year next year is to take that brand that you've already built and move over to amazon right people are seeing massive success doing that uh, Amazon is no longer that four letter word that we talk about where it's like, no, 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 we don't want our brand to be over there. Like, yes, you want your brand to be everywhere at this point, right? Like, like omni-channel DCC plus, right? This is what, this is really what we're recommending and what we're seeing working with our businesses as well. Um, and it's really just having more legs on that stool that is sales, right? Um, that, that I think is the really important part. Emma, let's, let's get into eight fig a little bit here. I'd love to hear about, you know, I, I, we heard a little overview of what eight fig does before. Why would somebody work with a company like eight fig? Cause most, okay, I'm, Let's let's preface this. Most of the people listening to this have taken some kind of short-term capital this year. If you mm-hmm. haven't, call me, okay? Because I'd love to hear if you haven't taken any short-term capital this year uh, or or any capital at all. Um, that would be incredible. You feel free to reach, reach out to me on LinkedIn, guys, and let me know. But for the rest of us uh, who have had to um, get creative with cash flow this year, um, you know, we've gone to to all of the the usual suspects, right? We've got Wayflyer, we've got ClearCo, we've got Shopify Capital, we've got all of these people. Why eight fig? What's why? Why why would why would somebody want to change and go over there? Yeah, so um, we really focus on the supply chain aspect. Like flexibility, I think is is super massive to us. Um, so it's like, yeah, like build a plan. <laughs> but yeah, like we understand that things change and we want you to um, kind of work with us. And like, instead of just kind of handing over that cash, you know, we, we are very like in touch with, you know, how things are going, like, let us know, like things are slowing down, things are speeding up. Like our founders actually, you know, they've worked, they um, previously had a company that was focusing on um, understanding the supply chain, especially like um, port congestion and that sort of thing. And so like supply chains in our DNA, like we have, um, you know, proprietary technology to really understand the risk that certain sellers are taking, um, depending on, you know, what they're selling, the seasonality, past information like that. Um, and we also don't take hmm. equity or, you know, you have to put up collateral. Um, so we are taking a lot of risk by working with our sellers, but we always see the opportunity there um, for them. And so another thing that's really great is that since we do double down so much on the supply chain aspect, um, is that also cash flow 
Um, we, when we work with you and you start getting funding, you know, usually you, you get funding and then immediately you have to start paying it back, which kind of defeats the purpose of getting money <laughs> in the first place. It's like, Hey, you haven't even used it and you haven't even gotten money off of that yet. So, um, you actually don't have to start paying us back until, um, after you've already received the inventory that we funded, um, which sounds like a minor thing, but for a lot of sellers that can be like multiple months um, where they don't have to pay that back, which means like. Yeah, that's the thing right there, right? That's the, that is a massive difference guys, because how many of us have taken like, you know, uh, you know, we love Shopify, but taking a Shopify capital loan and like the money almost isn't even in the bank yet. And they're already yeah. taking the cut. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, like you need to work that out when you're looking at in an IRR and interest sort of calculation is that it's actually not just a percentage, right? It's not just this percentage fee because it's when they start taking the capital back and how much capital is, is being taken back and when, right? So I think that's, that's the most compelling reason and why we were so happy to have you guys as a sponsor this month, because it is rethinking the way it, it's, to me, it's much more win-win, Right. I do find some of the other vendors a little bit predatory um, because they can be, because people are in difficult situations. And I just don't get that feeling with 8FIG. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's what we really try to focus on is like we understand like there's so many other, you know, there's it's usually, you know, one, two people just doing so many things. So we're just trying to make it as easy as possible for them and like really actually give them the time to like, get like use that money get the inventory and start making money before yeah because otherwise it's like they're just it just really puts them in a situation of like it's not great yeah so that's something that we really like try to do and then also just like staying in touch with all of our sellers and like really understanding what's happening for them like how things are going well or not going well so that you know we can work with them to change everything um so that's just super important for us. And like, it's very insightful for us as well to learn about, um, you know, all these different types of businesses and just how we can also kind of help and understand things like, um, you know, that makes us a better company as well as like understanding the, the types of problems and things that we see come up for our sellers as they're just like getting their inventory or working with certain vendors and that sort of thing as well. So we're always trying to kind of learn and just yeah, um, absolutely. You, know, you can never, yeah, you can, you can prepare as best you can. You can never anticipate everything that's going to happen. But I think like, yeah, um, having a plan, just having a little bit of insight into what other people have gone through and other journeys can just really make a massive difference. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, am I got to ask you the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast, what is your secret to scaling? Oh yes. My secret scaling tip. Um, <laughs> I guess it's like, I mean, I'm a marketer, so it's maybe it's not like a secret tip. It's more of just like, yeah, like I think focusing on a brand and a voice and then just pumping it out there. I think it's really important to kind of infuse every all your touch points with like a certain authenticity and humanity that aligns with like whatever you are trying to achieve, like whatever that brand is. And I think just like utilizing all your channels, including your personal channels to really get that message out. And I think it's just like consistent content. Um, I mean, that's not really a secret. <laughs> I think it's just something that like now more than ever, um, it's just like utilize what you have available create that, you know, create those core messages 
and make sure, you know, everyone within your organization yeah. like understands them, can speak to them, believes in them and, and pump that out. And I think that really, you know, just getting in front of people and, may, and, and like getting people aware of already like what you do and what you stand for is just like makes it that much easier to, to, to make the sell, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, consistency is a bit of a secret in this in 2022, right? Like it, you know, there, I, how many podcasts have we seen that have like four episodes, right? Uh, because it was like, well, I didn't really get many listeners after there. Was it really worthwhile? It's like, guys, we were at like less than 100 listeners an episode up until like episode 100, right? And it was, you know, it's between episode 100 and episode 400 where the real gains were made. Um, and, and why, you know, thousands of you guys are listening to this right now, right? And why we appreciate you guys so much. Um, but it takes that consistency in your brand. Uh, so I'm so with you. I love that answer. Um, may not be a secret, but not many people are doing it. So yeah, I mean, making content is hard. Yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. For sure it is. And, and sticking to it, right? That's the thing is like you can, people can do this in sprints, but it's sticking to it consistently and making it part of your routine, this content routine, right? We're figuring out how you can, how you can get that content. I think that's the real magic. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think it's easy to like, when you're inspired, you're like, oh great. Yes. This thing. But the hard part is when you're not inspired, it's to still do it until push, push yourself and really kind of have that creativity like on demand. Um, but it's also, yeah, it's a muscle that you flex. So um, the more you do it on days when you yeah. don't feel like doing it, the better, it, like the more natural will come to you. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, Emma, uh, where can people, uh, first of all, this is a great conversation. I really appreciate it. Um, really appreciate having you on here. Where can people get a hold of you, connect with you, and then also learn more about 8fig? Yeah, so you can get in touch with me at Emma, E-M-M-A, at 8fig, A-F-I-G dot C-O, not com, dot C-O, um, as well as just go to 8fig, A-F-I-G, like the, like the fruit, um, dot C-O as well. So happy to hear from you. Awesome. That's great. And guys, remember that all of this is in the show notes. Um, we also do have a uh, special 5% off if you uh, mention Upgrowth. Um, so again, 8Fig is our sponsor this month or one of our sponsors. We absolutely love them. Love for you guys to go check them out. See if you guys can get your cash flow in order at the end of 2022, the beginning of 2023. I know that, um, you know, is as good uh, as we have done in our businesses, cash flow is always an issue. Um, and, uh, Bring me a big business, uh, you know, in physical inventory, that cash flow is not an issue. Um, and I think 8Fig is really figuring that out right now. So um, really, really recommend these guys. And uh, thank you again so much for coming on the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me, Jordan. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.